Our 100th episode is coming up on March 12th, and we're doing a giveaway. Yes, and to enter, go ahead on the giveaway post, tag three friends who aren't already following us, and then if you want to enter a second time for a bonus entry for this giveaway, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel and then send us a direct message with your YouTube username so we can keep track and enter you in for that bonus entry. Yep, for third place, we're going to be giving away a coffee gift card and stickers. For second place, we're going to give away third place prize plus a CCNC mug and t-shirt. And then for first place, we're going to give away all of that plus a pour-over uh, machine made by our friend Matthew that has our logo on it and a coffee hangout with me, you, and Tyler. Make sure you go and you enter for this great contest. Yes, you don't want to miss it. We'll be announcing the winner on the 100th episode on March 12th. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hi, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua. We're glad you're here. We have a really... I'm. I'm excited. I'm kind of ecstatic about this show today, actually. Tyler and I, for a long time, have been wanting to have people on our show who disagree with Christianity. Um, and there's a lot of reasons that we think this is going to be awesome. Um, but today's guest is Dallas Wade. Dallas, thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so a few, uh, it was probably a few weeks ago or like a month ago now, we posted a video yeah. about uh, secrets every atheist <laughs> has, and then it was really interesting. We got a lot of flack for it, and I uh, I was kind of shocked because I thought we've done more controversial stuff than that, but <laughs> it was really interesting. But then you made a response video to it, and I really thought your response video, number one, it was hilarious because you made like a like a mock-up <laughs> intro of like ours. Yeah, like you're yeah. spilling coffee and then... I I loved your uh, the glasses in the microwave <laughs> when you oh, opened yeah. it. So if you haven't seen this video, you need to go on his page and watch mm. it. It was so funny, um, but it was a response to us. And then man, there was a lot of traction from it. A lot of people watched your video, and so we thought, man, this would be great just to have you on and discuss the differences between Christianity and atheism, agnosticism, um, and so that's what we're doing today. So um, Dallas. Thanks so much for being here, man. I, I know it takes, like, I haven't been on a show where the host disagrees with me before. So you're doing something that I think is really brave in coming on here. Um, but again, we're going to be nice and cordial, but super stoked to have you here, man. Yeah, no, I'm glad to glad to be here. Um, I've been looking forward to it since you invited me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't guess I've been on a, a Christian show yet. So this is definitely, definitely new. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think y'all have a great podcast. I've Thanks. I've watched a few of your videos now. Um, I watched the last one, and I, I really like what you guys are doing. I think y'all are very respectful. Mm -hmm. So I think this has been great. Well, and that's kind of the key. We w Dallas and I both had talked, and we, we were talking about how important it is for people to be able to see human beings who disagree with each other but that can have a cordial conversation about their disagreements. It, our society is just, it seems like it's filled with people on the Christian side and on the non-Christian side or Mormon side or whatever side, and people just get mad at each other, and nobody oh, yeah. hears what the other side's saying. And so, um, you know, as a Christian, one of the, my favorite verses as an apologetics guy is uh, 1 Peter 3.15, and it says that we have to be ready to give a defense 
but do it with gentleness and respect, right? And, and I think that yeah. the gentleness and respect part gets forgotten a lot. <laughs> and so it, it does, yeah, it, it does. And so that's kind of the that's kind of the idea for today's show is we just want to be respectful and kind and talk about our disagreements and have a good conversation uh, to model it for people watching. But also, um, I think that's the only way you can get anywhere with conversation. And if you if you don't if you don't allow people to hear both sides of an argument. You're just indoctrinating them. You're not educating them. And we want to be about, I think both of us want to be about educating and seeking truth with an open mind and going wherever it leads. So super stoked you're here, man. So first off, this is Christ Culture and Coffee. So we always ask our guests if they like coffee. So Dallas, the biggest question you're going to answer today, probably not, <laughs> but do you enjoy coffee? I do. I do. Um, yes. I like a nice uh, dark roast, uh, dark Italian roast. Yeah. Um, I'll drink it. I'll either drink it black or I'll put a little bit of half and half in it just to cool down the temperature so it's not too hot. But Dude, that's perfect. Otherwise, I like it as dark as possible. You don't like these like sweet drinks that they call coffee? No. Dude, no, people go, not coffee. I, I used to be a youth pastor, and so teenagers all the time would be like, oh, I love coffee. I'm like, yeah, what do you drink? They're like, oh, I get caramel frappuccinos. And I'm like, that's a milkshake. <laughs> like, that, that's not coffee. Yeah. Yeah, and just half of it's uh, whipped cream, too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So everyone likes that as dessert. Yeah. So, well, cool, ma'am. Well, hey, so we thought that we would start off this show by just letting you kind of tell your story. So you, you grew up in the church became disillusioned with it, and don't believe Christianity to be true uh, for reasons that you have. So I thought we, it'd be awesome if we just kind of heard your story, and then we can start dialoguing from there. Yeah, so I grew up um, in North Alabama in um, a very fundamental conservative family. Um, my dad was a, a preacher. You know, his dad, my mom's dad, like every man wow. in the family was a preacher. And um, I was a part of the Church of Christ, which is a very conservative fundamentalist um, denomination, too. Are, are you familiar with the Church of Christ? Yeah, Church of Christ, they don't have uh, instruments in worship, right? Right. It's all acapella. Right. They don't yeah. Have, yeah, they don't have inter instrumental music, and so they think any other denomination that, that has a piano in their church, you know, they're going to hell. Sure. Pretty much. Um, they, they're really harsh, and so I guess starting out like my— deconversion story. It just was me having an issue with the particular denomination, not even Christianity itself. Mm -hmm. I didn't like how they treated other denominations. I started, I started dating a Baptist girl mm -hmm. and I would visit her denomination. I got to be really close with the, the youth pastor at her church. I thought he was a great guy. And I guess I was about 17 at this time. And I thought, that this church was exemplary for how Christians are supposed to act mm -hmm. in contrast to what I had grown up with. And um, so I started going to that Baptist church and all of my family had a huge issue with that because I was going to go to hell hmm. for going to this Baptist church. And my girlfriend at the time, which that didn't last long, that wasn't, you know, a serious relationship. Sure. But, um, you know, she thought all of those great people that I'd met were going to go to hell. So that definitely made me, I guess, introspective with religion for the first time. I started yeah. thinking, okay, well, are they right? You know, these people over here, they're actually acting like I feel like Christ would want us to act. Whereas the Christians who are more by the book, you know, like beating you over the head with, with doctrine and theology and all that stuff, they didn't act like that. So mm -hmm. something didn't seem to add up. And so I just started looking into it myself. 
And, and that got me just started down a path where I just started questioning everything. You know, first it was just doctrine and denomination. And, and then it was just Christianity altogether. Um, but yeah, I came to a point where I was asking a lot of questions. Um, I was watching Kent Hovind and Ken Ham and mm-hmm. all this Christian apologetics because I, I was desperate to hang on to hang on to Christianity. I never wanted to to leave it, but when I started listening to these people, my you know my eyes were open for the first time, or I was just thinking for myself for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff they were saying didn't add up, and I would I would go and I would listen to critics too. And I guess the first thing I let go of was young earth creationism, which not all Christians are young earth creationists, but that's how I had always grown up too. And that didn't seem to add up just with basic science and human history, um, the 6,000 year old universe and, you know, yeah, the the uh, universe is like 14.8 billion, isn't it? Something like that. Um, I think that's pretty close. Somewhere yeah. around there, 14.6 um, or something. Yeah. One of the yeah, things, it's just... <clears throat> one of the things, and again, like I want to hear your story, but I agree with you yeah. and I hope this doesn't get people mad at me. Like I don't think Ken Ham is evil or Kent Hoven or, you know, but like I disagree with them <laughs> on a lot. Yeah. Uh, especially like, this is the one thing that always would make me upset about anybody when they say, if you don't believe what we believe about this minor thing, then you can't believe the whole Bible. And I always thought, right. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, you're fine. Um, but that, that is how almost every Christian around here is they're, they're, almost unanimously young earth creationist, no matter what denomination you're going to. Oh, okay. um, and so that was something I'd grown up being taught. And and so that, you know, that, that did really trouble me, I guess, when I found that out because it wasn't what I'd grown up believing. So, yeah. And I, I just continued down a path until finally I didn't really believe all of the Bible anymore. And then eventually I didn't believe any of it, but I still um, believed in some sort of higher power, mm-hmm. and um, I was a bit of a, I guess, a deist for a little while. Okay. And eventually, I did um, finally consider myself an atheist. But but the whole um, journey away, like it was, it was something I didn't want to go on. You know, a, a lot of my Christian family and stuff, they think that I left because you know I wanted to sin and oh, sure. um, just because I hated God and stuff like that. But that definitely wasn't the case. I. I never wanted to leave Christianity. Hmm. Um, it's just a path that I don't know. I just went down. Yeah, that seems pretty honest. I, I like how you're saying because that's what's interesting. Because I do, I do see people. You know, it doesn't matter what the belief is, but they want to do something, or they want to. You know, some people do just want to live their life and not have rules. Um, but like yourself, like <laughs> you were just on an honest search for truth. And you, you were, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you were saying, I just was like searching where evidence led. Yeah. And even though yeah. I wanted this, you know, what you perceive to be a fairy tale to be true, I have to go with reality, right? I think that's, again, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree with um, um, your, your uh, conclusion, but I think it's a noble quest for anybody to seek out reality instead of live in a fairy tale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. So yeah, so it sounds like so I don't know tons about the Church of Christ. I just know about the music thing. <laughs> but that's their big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I <laughs> and I don't know a lot about Alabama. 
Um, because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm from Arizona. So I grew up in northern Arizona, which was um, founded by Mormons. I don't know if you know that, but all of northern Arizona, they came down okay. from Salt Lake and they, they founded it back in the 1800s. Um, so I had a lot of Mormon friends going up, growing up. Um, but Arizona is kind of weird. It's 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 not Bible Belt, right? It's not the right. South. It's it's very different out here. We're more like California is, and so mm. um, I always grew up like thinking like I have to know why this stuff's real because the Mormons are telling me their stuff's real, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think yeah. that that's legit. Yeah. So I you know <laughs> I had to seek out like uh, apologetics and things, and that's why I'm so interested in in apologetics, and and I really do believe that we should follow truth wherever it leads. If atheism is true, I want to become an atheist. If Islam's mm. true, I want to become a Muslim, right? I mean, I, I think it's better to follow what's real than to live in a fantasy world. Um, and so I think that, that seeking out reality and truth is always great. So I, I really do commend you for that because that's not an easy thing to do, to leave your family. I bet they were pretty oh, that's ticked not about easy. it. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. really difficult, bro. Interesting. So now you currently find yourself as kind of an atheist, agnostic. What are the the issues that you have with Christianity? Like, what are things that you go, see, it can't be real because of this and this and this, the evidence that you have saying why it's it's untrue? I think primarily it's just the fact that there's not any, I, I don't find any satisfying evidence for it. Um, okay. Like, I think the lack of of compelling proof for Christianity is the biggest thing. And then I do, I have issues with, um, of course the young earth creationism, but you know, some Christians don't buy into that either. Which yeah. I think that's one of the big holdups for me. Yeah. I, I'm interested that you don't subscribe to that. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I know, I know some people at my church probably do. Um, I just, yeah, yeah I, I don't for a few reasons. Um, biblically and also scientifically, like you, you're familiar with the Bible, obviously, because you grew up in yeah. the church. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is one of the things that I always had an issue with. So day six, right? God creates Adam and all the animals, and then He tells him, "Hey, you got to name all the animals." And so He does, and then He realizes there's not a girl for him. There's not a counterpart. God puts him to sleep, yeah. pulls out a rib, makes Eve. That's all supposed to happen in 24 hours. That's what it says. <laughs> well, that's what people say it says. Like that's where I've been. Like that makes zero sense because you know studying, um, um, uh, not archaeology. What I want to say, like like with the Cambrian explosion, right? And so you've got all of these creatures, and I think it's something like ninety eight percent of species that were alive on Earth are extinct, and only not not kinds, oh, yeah. right? But species. So yeah. if, if there was a historical Adam and he was supposed to name every species, it would take way longer than one day. <laughs> and so, yeah. so I don't well, even so that, think that's, that's that it's like biblical. Exactly the issue that I have uh, with it. So yeah, I mean. yeah, and other things too. Let the earth bring forth vegetation, and the way the earth brings it forth is typically. It t I mean, I watch trees grow. I wish they'd grow faster here in Arizona, right? They don't. They grow slow. And again, people uh -huh. always say, well, Adam had superhuman intelligence, or God could just make things grow. And and I think that that's true. It's just they're adding to what it says. I don't know. I have I have issues with it too, um, see, biblically and scientifically. Yeah, I mean everything that you're saying. That's one of the biggest things for me that I can't get over. And, but I just couldn't see myself um, accepting that with Christianity. Um, I don't oh, know, but okay. I mean that's one of the big holdups for me. I guess yeah. that and 
and, and it does seem it seems like the Old Testament is a collection of fables. Um, I mean, I don't have a, a, a list here of a, lo- a lot of the myths that there there were older versions, like the Utnapishtim and Atrahasis and all these older flood myths. Yeah, Gilgamesh, all right? that stuff, yeah. Yeah, like you have a lot of examples of stories that are in the Old Testament where we have older versions that are slightly different mm-hmm. from other cultures and stuff. It, it does seem like it's a bunch of fables that are passed down. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I have, I guess, a lot of issues with it, but primarily for me, it's just, okay, well, can you convince me that it's true? And so far, I haven't gotten a good answer from any Christians. You know, typically, um, like in one of my recent videos, I talk about how if you ask a Christian for proof, they they come at you saying, okay, well, here's why evolution's not true, or, well, <laughs> yeah. here, here's why a God exists. And I'm like, okay, well, Maybe, you know, maybe there is some sort of higher power. I don't really have an issue with that. Sure. You know, your your ontological argument, the teleological argument, okay, let's accept that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get me to Christianity, but that's almost where most Christians are satisfied with those sorts of arguments, but those aren't arguments for Christianity. I agree with you on that. Those are arguments for God's existence, right? And this is this is one of the things I've always thought was weird— not weird. So I don't know if you know about this, but like in apologetics, there's like there's different methods people have tried. So there's what's called like classic apologetics. And that's like what you're talking about. Like you have to prove truth exists and then you have to prove God exists and then you have to prove the Bible's reliable and then you get to Jesus way over here. And it's right, not yeah. bad, but man, who has like six years to study all that stuff before you can <laughs> get to the guy who can save you, in my opinion, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of think it's like a it's it's I th- I think the arguments are good. I just don't think it's a good method. And then you have presuppositional apologetics where I, I just I have a lot of issues with that. I'm gonna do a whole show on that. Okay. So I would be more what's called like an evidentialist apologist, where I think the best evidence wins no matter who's got the evidence. If atheism has it, I'm in. If if Mormonism no. has it, which they don't, I'm in, right? <laughs> so that's that's what, kind of yeah. how I think. And so so I do – this is what I, I – I hope I'm not like rocking people's world when I say this, but I've thought about this for a long time. If evolution is true, I can still be a Christian. It's interesting. There's, there's a lot of people who believe in what's called theistic evolution. Yeah, yeah. Now, um. I, I don't prescribe to it because I haven't seen compelling evidence for evolution, even though I agree that – the Earth isn't just six thousand years old, right? I think the evolutionist makes an interesting argument because they say, "Well, if just given enough time, magic happens," and I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think uh-huh. in that sense, right? And I could be wrong about that. But if if evolution's true, I don't think that the Bible um, is wrong, and I don't think that I can't be a Christian because my position is this. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, Christianity follows. If he didn't rise from the dead, the whole thing's a lie. Everything so, rides on that. Right. So you, what your position is, is if he rose from the dead, it doesn't matter what we find out is true or not true about the universe. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Like, and I have, yeah. Conf- I have confidence that the Bible would, would accurately um, depict what happened when we properly understand it. So like, you know, the first five or six chapters of Genesis can be a poem, right? So is it meant to be taken as a science book, literally? Maybe. 
is it meant to be taken as a general idea? So I, I don't think, because it is interesting, I'm not a theistic evolutionist, but if that was proven without a shadow of a doubt, it is fascinating that the Bible says that um, Adam was formed from the ground, right? I mean, can that fit an evolutionary model? I think, yeah, you, I think I mean, you have to have a supernatural who brings about consciousness and the immaterial everything. And I think that, I think that the a naturalist worldview has a real problem with – they can't account for consciousness or, or near-death experiences and things like that. Yeah. I mean I, I would agree. Um, I don't think a completely naturalistic worldview has all the answers right now. Maybe it will one day. Sure. Maybe it can't have all the answers. You know, I don't know. Sure. I, I don't know. And, and that is a little bit more – my position, I think, than a lot of atheists. Mm -hmm. And I hate the word atheist, too. Mm -hmm. um, atheists are constantly arguing over that, too. Like, is an atheist someone who believes that there is no God, or is an atheist just someone who lacks the belief in a God? Sure. You know, theists will argue over that. Atheists will argue over that. I don't like to get hung up on a, a word, you know. But yeah. my, my position is a lot more I don't know. You know, there might be a lot more to the universe that we don't know. There might be some sort of supernatural realm. There might be some sort of higher power. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think we do have all the answers to that. I don't know if we ever will have all the answers to that. Yeah. You I know, think that so. in order to get, I think, I think this is logical. You tell me if this, if this works. So I agree. Like I can't figure all that out, but yeah. what if the supernatural, whatever came here and told us about it? I mean, cause obviously that's what I think Jesus did. Right. Now, right, that, whether he did or didn't is a different question, but if the ultimate being that's out there wanted a relationship with us, which maybe he wouldn't, um, the only way we'd be able to know about him, like in a, in a, in a decent sense, would be if he told us, if he communicated. Because other than that, yeah. we're kind of left to our own... I don't know, man. I don't think I'm that smart to figure <laughs> to figure it out. No, I, I still think that the Bible is a problematic way for a an ultimate powerful being to reveal his plan or whatever to, mm -hmm. to humanity. Cause I mean, how many denominations of Christianity are there? Like 30,000, I think man. Yeah, something like that. Like they can't agree. I mean, you can get down to a single denomination. You've got liberal church of Christ. You've got conservative church of Christ. You go in a single building yeah. and they're still arguing and they're still splitting up. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's just chaos. I think that the, cause I did a, I did a show on denominational differences and I think that the the crux of it is to be a Christian, and I could be wrong about this, but I think most people would agree, there's like four things you have to believe. And then there's like secondary doctrinal issues. And it's always the secondary issues everyone's disagreeing on. Right? Like I think to be a Christian you have to— For the to, most part. Yeah. It's, it's musical stylings. It's what version of the Bible to read or what translation of the Bible to read. It's, yeah— it's more orthopraxy, honestly, or or even like speaking in tongues, not speaking in tongues. How do you do communion? How do you not? Yeah. It's, it's always secondary things. It's never Jesus isn't God because that means not Christian. <laughs> right? And everyone kind of agrees on right. that. It's not ever God doesn't exist because that would be, oh, that's not Christianity. I just think there's, yeah. I think there's four things that you have to believe to be in Christianity, and then the other things are debatable. And that's where I think denominations come from, how people see different secondary issues. 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I would think with with Protestants, but I mean, they yeah, like the church. If you ask the Church of Christ, though, they'll still say everybody else is, you know, uh, damned. Yeah, but I, I mean, for the most part, yeah, it is minor issues with the the denominations, but then you do still have Catholicism, and sure. you do still have early Christianity, which I still need to learn more about. But there was some major differences back then, right? You had the sure. Gnostics too. Yeah, the Gnostics. Yeah, because they were. This is one of the. Th- they were denying the resurrection that Jesus didn't. He didn't raise in the flesh, right? And so, like the Book of First John, is written as kind of combating early Gnosticism. He's saying, no, what we have seen, what we've touched, what we've handled, he's very explicit about bodily resurrection, not just spirit yeah. resurrection. Um, uh, and so, and, th- and that's where I'd get to. I think that you got to believe Jesus rose from the dead, that he was God in the Trinity, and that it's salvation by faith. I, th- I think, and I might, I might be off or missing one or two, I don't even think you have to believe in the reliability of Scripture to be a Christian. Um, because you, I mean, like you, you read a lot of books, right? I read a lot of books. Yeah. I don't, I don't claim any of the books I've read are, you know, infallible or inerrant. They're, yeah. Of course they have mistakes in them, but that doesn't mean I can't learn some truth from them. Yeah. I could probably get down with that. Like if, if I was a Christian right now, I could probably dismiss a little bit of error, but at the same time, it is supposed to be the message from, from God. Right. Sure. I mean, well, so, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't believe in inerrancy. I do, but um, if it was disproven, like no, here is a mistake that was in the original, not just was a copying mistake, because we see all those with text criticism. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't think it would matter because everything hinges on did this guy rise from the dead? And and here's my here's my argument with this: if if he rose from the dead then a God exists because a guy who did something no one else has done, who kind of seems to have like insider information, <laughs> said that he does. If, if a guy rose from the dead who said that the Bible's God's word and it's not going to change, which Jesus said, that gives me a little, okay, maybe he has some insider information. The morality of the Bible, Jesus taught that. It all, I think the whole thing, and, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, the whole thing hinges on whether this dude rose from the dead or not. And if he didn't, I'm an idiot and I'm wasting my life. <laughs> but if he did, Christianity uh, follows, you know? So that, that's kind of where I hang my hat. And so I like talking about, you know, the ontological... Well, I don't like talking about the ontological argument. No, <laughs> nobody has time for that. That's so confusing. But teleological, uh, cosmological. But the resurrection of this guy 2,000 years ago, I'm very convinced that it happened. And I think that if it did, then Christianity uh, follows, whether or not evolution's true, whether or not okay. the Bible is inerrant. Because, like, this is always interesting to me. Um, and I hope th- I hope this isn't going to, like, shock people. I'm kind of nervous <laughs> like, to say these <laughs> You things. might not need to put this video out there. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? Um, but but um, I believe the Bible's inerrant, all right? But the scriptures we use to point to inerrancy, it's it's not explicitly taught in the Bible, right? You have that God, that all scriptures God breathed, and that yeah. God moved through regular human beings, and we see their personalities and their grammar skills, and right? I mean, like the Gospel of John in Greek is like second grade Greek, and mm. Luke and Acts is like really high good Greek. So you can even see these differences that God yeah. used people with who they were to write it. The inference is if God's perfect, he couldn't 
do anything not completely perfect, right? But that's not explicitly taught when it comes to scripture, I guess. I do yeah. agree with it, but it's, it's, I don't know. I don't think you have to have it <laughs> to have Christianity. I don't know. Maybe I'm deconverting in a sense or whatever. But I thought this for, I thought this for a long time. It's like yeah. the, re- the resurrection is everything, and there's so much evidence for that event that I can't deny Christianity because the dude rose from the dead, um, and that's what I hang everything on. And if it was disproven to me that that happened, I'd have to leave it. And I think mm. Paul would have to leave it too. Yeah. How do you feel though about all of the non-canonical books? Like, mm. are you a hundred percent certain that the canon we have now is absolutely reliable, like completely divine? So this is a fascinating question. So I don't. Uh, have you ever read like the Gospel of Thomas, the Gnostic Gospels? Yeah, the Gospel of Thomas, I believe, is the one where Jesus said that you have to become a man. Like, a woman has to become a man to ascend into heaven. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then there's that point where the cross comes out of the tomb and gives a speech, and you're like, what is going on? (laughs) And it talks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I read that stuff, and I go, this is weird. Um, And I read it, and I go, no wonder people didn't think this was good from the beginning. It's also way later than the original manuscript, than the than the New Testament documents. It's it's from like like second third century, I think. Um, It's not really written by Thomas, and so the idea is nobody took it seriously from the beginning. It wasn't like up for debate, like oh man, should we Mm. add this or not? It was trash from the beginning. The books that were up for debate were Hebrews, because no one knew who wrote it. Um, and yeah. James was also uh, kind of up for debate, even though it was by Jesus' brother. And so there, there are a few that people were like, I don't know. Um, but it wasn't any of the Gnostics, and it wasn't any of the Apocrypha or Pseudepigrapha books from the intertestamental period, like uh, Enoch or Second and First, First and Second Maccabees, those books. Yeah. And the Jews never thought those were scripture. But to get back to your question. So I don't I don't think those are very good. They contradict a lot of what's in the Bible and when you read them they just sound uh the gnostics anyways just sound silly. It's like what is this? This is not the same type you don't of thing think, as this. You don't think Revelation would fit that category though as far as sounding silly? No, I think it would I think it would sound silly cuz it's apocalyptic, right? And there's all this yeah. imagery. And so I think Revelation comes down to, you know, do you interpret it literally? Do you interpret it allegorically? There's a lot. There's a lot that goes with that. The thing that I can't get apart away from with with Revelation is that it was written by Jesus' disciple John, where the Gnostic Gospels weren't written by any of the apostles mm-hmm. or associates of the apostles, right? Because there was even a guy named Clement who studied under John. And he wrote a letter to Corinth, and some people wanted that to be included in the Bible because he was an associate uh, of of the Bible, and we and we know what the letter says. Mm. So that's fat. All of that stuff is interesting to me. Now, the the real problem I have is this, Dallas. So in my Bible today, there are three passages that aren't original. Do you know about these? Uh, Would it be Mark sixteen? Yeah. The end of Mark 16 and John 8. Yeah, the woman caught right, in adultery. Right, with the adulterous woman. Yep. The adulterous woman and the end of Mark 16. Those are the two I can think of. Yeah, there's another one, and it's kind of not It's 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 kind of not in all Bibles because it's only from the King James and, and New King James, I think. 
And it's because they used a certain text family in 1611, and we've discovered better manuscripts since then. But they add yeah. a Trinitarian formula in 1 John. That's not original. Okay. Um, and we know okay. that because uh, it's not in the oldest manuscripts. But also, um, during the Arian controversy, where they were arguing over Jesus being God, if oh. they would have had that passage, the early church fathers would have used it, and they don't. <laughs> right, so, right. Anyways, it's not yeah. original. So, yeah, the long ending of Mark is sounds like a Gnostic gospel to me. It's crazy. Drink poison and it won't hurt you. Handle snakes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that's pretty dangerous yeah. <laughs> material to have in the gospel. It's terrible. It, and yeah. I don't think it makes sense either, even with the, um, like, because if you take out, I think it's 16 starting in verse 9, and every Bible out there will have it bracketed, and it says this yeah. isn't in the earliest manuscripts. Yeah. If you take those out, um, then it ends with, and the women left there and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Right? So that's the ending of the book, which I think fits with the book, because like the theme of Mark is, is Jesus telling people, don't tell anybody what I did, don't tell anybody who I am, my time's not come yet. Then in the middle, he asks his disciple, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And then in uh, chapter 14, he's standing before the high priest, and he says, I am you know, the son of man, and you'll see the son of man coming on the clouds. So it's like a, it's a progressive okay. revelation. And then you get to the end with, and they didn't tell anybody, which goes along with that theme, but it mm. leaves you like a cliffhanger, like, well, then how did I hear about it? <laughs> like, it's kind of like a, yeah. it's an interesting, anyway. So I don't no, think, that is interesting. I don't think that that long ending's legit at all. I think it's nuts. Um, yeah. I, now here's the problem I have. I really like the story of the woman caught in adultery. Oh, I do too. It's it's probably uh, might be my favorite story in the Bible. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? Yeah, it the is. The problem is it's not in the earliest manuscripts of John. And yeah. did you know we actually find that story in some early manuscripts of Luke? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then in earlier ones, it's not there. <laughs> so how the heck did this thing like sneak its way in? And so my my question's always been this: Is that story? Did it really happen? Because it could have really happened, and it sounds like something Jesus would do. If it really happened, you know, John says that Jesus did a whole bunch of other stuff, and we don't have space to write about it. So he could have done it. Um, but then you get into, but it's not in the originals. And so if a God exists, can he add stuff later that he wanted in? <laughs> I guess he could, but it really messes me up with the long ending of Mark. And so I just say, take them all out <laughs> because no, they're mean, not original. <laughs> I think you'd have a hard time uh, justifying that story being canonical. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's a great story and I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with it. Yeah. So I think there's issues like that. Um, yeah. That Christians don't usually, man, like they're ignorant to a lot of Christians are ignorant to this stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. I, think so. Yeah. I, I really absolutely. Yeah. And so um, when they hear about it, they freak out and they're like, oh, but it's in it's in the binding of my English Bible. And it's like, well, listen, we got to think a little bit. We got to we got to do text criticism. We have to see is this original? But the beautiful part is because we know those were ad added we do know what the original manuscript said with accuracy because we can tell what wasn't there. And so that now that doesn't prove that what they said is true. It just proves we have an accurate transmission of what they said. I mean, I don't know how accurate you could say it is. I mean, most, most of the New Testament we have is like from the, what, third century? 
Yeah. Second century at best. We have a lot from the second century. We have whole codexes, though, like whole books from the third century and fourth century. Yeah. Like Codex Sinaiticus and, and those. I actually, um, in February, I went to Rwanda and we stopped in London and the British Museum, no, the British Library has uh, Codex Sinaiticus there and I got to see it. It was great. That's I was really like, cool. and there was nobody is... looking at it. And I thought, what are they doing? Like, this is the best thing here. So anyway. That's insane. It That's was really insane. Cool. But yeah, so we do we do have those things. But the other thing that a lot of people don't know is within the first 200 years of the church, we have all these writings of early church fathers. And they quote the New Testament so much that we could put back together the entire New Testament just from their quotes. And so it's hard that that's an interesting thing too because you go okay not not just the manuscripts and not the translated ones in Syriac or Coptic that are from the same time we're just talking Greek but we also have people quoting the thing and so I think we can piece together pretty accurately what it said and that's why we see where all the mistakes were made in transmission and stuff but it doesn't yeah. mean it, it doesn't mean it's true it just means we have what they wrote yeah. And so, so how do you leap to it that it's true or not? You know, that's the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I did have an issue with that, though. Like, that that was a pretty big blow to me, though, like, just finding out that most of it is as late as it is, even if it is impressively early looking at it realistically. Just, yeah. you know, you would always think that, like, the Bible was just, like, you know, plopped down to humans. Yeah. Uh, well, it is a little bit troubling. That's what I wonder about, because I know a lot of people who were brought up in real fundamentalist churches— and then when they found out that fundamentalism is wrong, they yeah. left Christianity. And I wonder if they were leaving Christianity or if they're leaving fundamentalism. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing to me because I know some people who, because of what they thought inerrancy was, and then they found out that's not what it is, it freaked them out. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, but I think that if the guy rose from the dead, we, we have to listen to, I mean, he's somebody that Jesus in history is somebody to listen to. I often think like, how did he get famous? If he didn't rise from the dead, take that out. How does he get famous? I want to write a book with Kim Kardashian. I don't know if this will ever happen. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I do, I do, because like, think about this. She had a um, method to get famous, right? Rich parents yeah. who kind of had fame in Hollywood, and then she was friends with Paris Hilton, who had rich parents. So Paris Hilton taught her how to go to the right parties, get her picture taken. She starts modeling. She does the sex tapes. She does Playboy stuff. She marries a couple of famous guys. She's famous. Jesus' path to fame was completely opposite. He wasn't from a famous family. He's from a poor family from nowhere Israel. He didn't do anything for the first 30 years of his life. And then he goes around teaching virtues like a lot of people do. And then he gets crucified. How did that guy become the most famous human being in all, in history? Like that, if he didn't rise from the dead, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> that's that's my contention. Well, I think the Roman Empire helped out a lot, though. Yeah, that. yeah. When Constantine came around, right in the three hundreds. Yeah. But how did he get famous enough for Constantine to want this to become the state religion for the first you know two hundred years? That I don't know how he did it. 
just being a carpenter from Israel, it's weird. <laughs> no. it's, and then, no, and I again, mean, these I mean, phenomena happen, but yeah. And that's not the only reason I think he rose from the dead. There's a lot, but if Kim Kardashian's out there and she wants to write a book with me, that'd be sweet. It would really, uh, it would really help <laughs> just out. Just throwing that out there. It'd be awesome. You could write the foreword for it. <laughs> she oh, yeah. could, that'd be great. No. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, that's that's where I land. I put all my eggs in the basket of the guy rose from the dead because I think we have tons of evidence. And then one thing, and I don't know if I didn't learn this in church growing up at all, but when I when I went to um, get my master's degree, um, I learned something really crazy that even atheist New Testament scholars believe is true. So within so the Gospels aren't our earliest. Christian documents, right? Paul's letters were written prior. Yeah, Paul's prior. Uh, letters are older. Yeah. yeah. But but within Paul's letters, you have him quoting stuff. Like he says, like, this is a trustworthy statement, or, you know, he, he quotes things that atheist New Testament scholars say were early Christian creeds or songs or doctrines that were going around at the time because um, 90% of Palestine was illiterate at the time. So to, to remember stuff, you have, to, right. you have to memorize it, right? Yeah. And one of those, and this blows my mind, man, is 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. And it's that passage where he says, uh, I gave to you as a first importance what I'd also received. So he's telling the Corinthians, I told you this when I visited you, which was like in 51, I think, 51 AD, and um, First Corinthians is a is a letter that like Bart Ehrman. Do you know who he is? He's a yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. So he believes that that is a legitimate letter that this dude Paul wrote in the first century. He thinks it's firsthand account. Um, okay. And so do so do Gerd Ludemann in Germany and Paula Fredrickson, all of these other atheist New Testament scholars. And so, anyways, there's this there's this creed about um, I gave to you what I first received. And then it goes into that Jesus died and was buried according to the scriptures, right? And he rose again according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas and the 12 and to 500 at one time and to James, his brother. And then, and then he says, and then he appeared to me, Paul. And so if you trace back when did Paul receive that, you have to ask, okay, when did he get that from the apostles in Jerusalem? And there's this whole like timeline thing that, that's really cool to do. But... John Dominic Crossing of the Jesus Seminar, which, you know, doesn't believe hardly any of the New Testament's true. <laughs> and Bart Ehrman and, and uh, oh, yeah. Gerd Ludemann and all these dudes, they say that that creed has to have formed in Jerusalem somewhere between six months to five years after Jesus was killed by Pilate. Hmm. And so they would say that that is the earliest Christian document that we have embedded in a le- does that make sense? He's because he's quoting yeah, yeah. something, and that mm. so so again, if I have to hang everything on the resurrection, I have like super early source. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I understand what you're saying. It's yeah. kind of interesting. So we do have earlier stuff than you know when Paul wrote in 49 or when James wrote maybe in the 40s. I think there's something that spans the gap between Jesus' death and the letters when they were written. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, it is, man. It's I, I love. I'm a super nerd, so <laughs> I like this kind of stuff. But so, so, correct me if I'm wrong. So, the young Earth creationism was a big deal to you in leaving the faith. Yeah, yeah and then reliability, reliability of scripture, especially Old Testament stuff, was kind of a big deal. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, the the young earth creationism, like that, that was the the biggest blow for me. That's the probably the biggest hurdle I have to leap over. Like Jesus is would be really easy for me to get on board with, like easier than anything. Like I, I wouldn't have much of an issue with that. Mm-hmm. It is the mostly the Old Testament that I have the biggest issues with. Um, you know, um, and and not just like it being very unscientific, you know, it makes comments about, um, which you could say this was, you know, man's error and not God, but, um, the, the, the sun orbiting the earth and you have all these just incorrect mm-hmm. cosmological mentions in, sure. in the old Testament, well, the kind of four corners to, of the earth. Yeah. Like referring that. to the earth as being flat, stuff like that, that just sounds like every other, you know, ancient myth there is. Sure. Um, it, it's a lot of the stuff in the old Testament and the morals, you know, I have a lot of issues with, a lot of the the commandments that Yahweh gave to Moses to give to the Israelites, I, mm-hmm. I had a huge problem getting over that. If if Yahweh was supposed to be the source of morality, and he was condoning stuff like slavery, um, you know, genocide, uh, yeah, all that stuff, I, I had a big issue with that. You know, that didn't seem to line up really, um, especially if even accepting, um, which goes against what most atheists would agree with, even if I accept that, you know, there is some intrinsic sense of good and evil in all of us, that itself goes against what, you know, this Yahweh God was commanding, you know, back to the Israelites. And and so that kind of seems to go against the validity of it. Yeah, I, I, yeah no, that makes sense. I can see how you think that. Um, and I, I, I don't think, this is the other thing that I, I get upset about is when, did you get like a lot of crappy answers to your questions can i ask uh, that? yeah okay. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um most of them yeah that's yeah. okay because i've seen that too and like it kind of makes me mad because I, again i believe christianity is true and i think that for the last two thousand years christianity's done a pretty good job at being involved in the intellectual realm of the world uh, with Newton, yeah, and yeah, for Copern- sure. Like for th- historical Christianity, yeah. Um, now there's been some idiots as well <laughs> who've been Christians in the. But past. no, I mean, I can yeah. get on board. Yeah, there have been a lot of of brilliant yeah. minds. But that, for the uh, last hundred years, we like stopped, right? And it became fideism or faithism. Like I just believe it, and even if I don't have evidence, I'll just trust it. And I think that's stupid. Yeah. 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 But that's the Christianity I think you and I were both kind of born into. Not not everybody. Like, I don't want to paint with that broad of a brush. But by and large, you know, you have those bumper stickers. I don't know if you have them in Alabama, but it says, like, um, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Have you seen those? Basically. I've not seen that exact <laughs> one, but that sounds like a lot of them. I always want to ask that person, that settles what? Like, what does that yeah. even mean? Because couldn't I say... The Quran says it. I believe it. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to We got to do better than that. And so, I, I think that there's being a renaissance in the Christian philosophy, theistic philosophy at least, and apologetics. But we've really, sh- we've really shot ourselves in the foot by just saying, "Oh, I'm just going to trust," and the Bible says so. That doesn't appeal to. That, that doesn't honestly appeal to me very much. I need to know why the Bible says it. I need to know a little bit more. Yeah. And I, th- I think those are fair questions for us to ask as human beings. Um, and God wants us to reason. He wants us to think. He gave us a book to press hard into. So I don't know, man. I've just, I've, I, I'm, I want to apologize on behalf of Christians because I've seen a lot of Christians not have good answers 
when people really are seeking and need good answers. Oh, yeah. And maybe yeah. we don't have them, right? Maybe Christians don't have them. But that's, I, th- I think we can do better than just, oh, I just trust it. It's like, well, okay. You could say the same thing about atheism, right? I mean, you could, you could say it about Oh, yeah, things, so. absolutely. I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I like this is I'm having a good time talking with you. Oh, me too. I'm doing (laughs) I'm doing the majority of talking. But like, what are some other things? Because like, I always like to learn from people who are studied and read and think like yourself. What are some other things that you you'd say, here's an issue with the Bible or with Christianity or with Christian morality or whatever, that that Christians probably should grapple with, if they want to remain, they need to find an answer to it if they want to remain in it. Hmm. Um, can you rephrase that question? Yeah. So like other issues you would say, like a lot of Christians don't know that this is in the Bible or that these issues are present. And if you, if you want to believe it, you got to figure out your answer to these objections. Yeah. Um, almost, I, I think I would say the Bible is that thing that Christians need to look into first. Um, I mean, that sounds like a non-answer, but like Christians just don't know, most Christians don't know what's in the Bible, right? Like Christianity is just, um, it's just a label they wear. They go to church, they sing the Christian songs, they sing, you know, they wear the Christian merch. Mm -hmm. Um, They call themselves a Christian. They don't like people who aren't Christian but they don't know what it really even means to be a Christian. And so I, w- I would just say start right there. Like mm-hmm. Christians need to actually read the Bible, learn what's in the Bible and um, learn how to defend the Bible, you know, um, or at least be able to support your beliefs. I-, I think Christians just need to actually, you know, look into it and, and ask themselves why they believe it or, or, you know, is that something they even believe? They might not, yeah. may not know what's in the Bible. You know, they might not know what they're subscribing to. And I think that's the case a lot of the time. I agree um, with that. that. That's why Christians don't even follow the teachings of Christ. You know, they follow the teachings of Donald Trump. You know, mm-hmm. um, they don't know what it means to be a Christian, even even from what Jesus taught. They, you know, they conflate Christianity with Republican, you know, sure. Republicanism, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem because know. nationalism isn't our religion, right? Pa- patriotism yeah. isn't Christianity. Christianity is a worldwide thing. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Pe- people a lot of times will, I think it's just like an easy argument. Like, I'll claim Christ agrees with me. <laughs> and it's like, maybe you should agree with Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be yeah. the better option. So, yeah. But it's just in- insane. Um, like, I know I'll throw them under the bus sometimes, but like my in-laws, right? Like mm-hmm. he'll get like my, my father-in-law, he'll get angry if I say, well, look, like here's something that the Old Testament says about the universe. And here's why that's not really the case. Or here's, you know, where the Old Testament says that, you know, Yahweh told the Israelites to go plunder and, and kidnap the the women from this pagan country. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of messed up. You know, he's like, oh, it's not in there. You don't you're oh. taking that out of context. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. You don't, yeah. you know. It is in um, there, yeah. Yeah. Or, or he'll threaten to, like, you know, shoot me up or, you know, just blast somebody if they show up on his property. It's like, well, you know, Jesus didn't really say to, you know, your your first uh, your, your first mode, your first action should be violence. You know, Jesus no. was kind of anti-violence. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go around threatening people. It's just 
Christians are oblivious to Christianity from Genesis to Revelation. They don't, most Christians just don't, you know, study it. I can't agree with you more on that. Uh, we live in the most biblically illiterate time period in the history since the New Testament was written. Probably, yeah. Easily. And the, the stupid part of it is, is we have so much information and access to it, but nobody reads yeah. it, right? I yeah. mean, think about this, man. You're an atheist, and you probably know more about the Bible <laughs> than a lot of Christians do. Yeah. Something is I mean, wrong with that. Yeah. You, not not you, but I'm, I, I think that people no, need yeah. to read their Bible. It's so simple. If you adhere to this thing, then you probably should know what it says. But... I mean, I think it's a, I think it's um, evident of just kind of how our culture is going, right? The the pastor does my spiritual life for me. The public school raises my kids for me. My sports yeah. team works out for me. <laughs> I mean, <right>? exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just a consumer of everybody else's life, and uh, man, and yeah. and you know, Aristotle said that the unexamined life is not worth living, and I don't think it is, man. You just become a consumer that the couch potato becomes your your hero, you know. And I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to have that. That sounds miserable. But okay. So listen, listeners. You heard it from Dallas and from me. You need to know what your Bible says. It's it's so crazy. We have to say that, but we do because a lot of people don't know what it is. I also think like, and and again, I might be wrong on this, but it seems like people treated you really bad when you started questioning Christianity. Yeah, and they still do. So I'm sorry about that, man. I'm pretty sure, because I've read the Bible, right? And I, I, I read it. Yeah. Jesus did say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, right? And I'm not saying you're an enemy, because I yeah, don't I, think you're an enemy or you're persecuting me. But if I'm supposed to pray for my enemies, that implies people who strongly disagree with me, <laughs> right? To the point of hating me. And I'm not. that's not you. But if that's the extent we're supposed to go to, you're way on this other side of the spectrum. So I don't get why people don't... Again, I think that we're supposed to love people. I was praying so hard for Osama bin Laden before he got killed because I thought if he came to know Jesus, we could have him tour around the states and go to churches and speak. That would be unbelievable. Like People would be like, something crazy happened well. here, you know? Um, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people, you know, Christians, they get mad or I think sometimes it's just fear, though. I think that they don't know how to answer or what to say. And so they just dig their heels in and they act like idiots. I think that's um, most of it. I think that's yeah, really the problem. It's human nature. Every, and, and again, I wish Christians were better than that, but we're not. We're just people like everybody else. But it happens on all sides of issues. You know, people just... I don't know. People like to fight for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I, I would say it's, it's not just Christians. Christians are most of the population, but it's not just exclusive to Christianity. It's, it's, it's almost any group of people. Sure. Like athe atheists are the same way. Atheists uh, can treat Christians and other religious people horribly. And it's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it does just so happen though, that Christians are the biggest group. And so, yeah. you know, they tend to do the most bullying, but no, I mean, it's atheists need to treat people better. Muslims, everybody needs to treat people better. You yep. know, it's this tribal, tribal mentality we have that we got to get over. Yeah. And we, we got to see people as we all, we're all human beings, right? I mean, that's, yeah. we're the human race, you know, yeah. and, and there's different beliefs and there's different, but I think we're supposed to, especially as a Christian, we're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to have each other's backs on stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that love, right, 
covers a multitude of sins. Love can yeah. can do a lot in the world, but people think it comes through power or through hate. I heard this. Um, oh man, I'm gonna butcher it. But I was reading this quote by Napoleon, and he mm. was talking about Jesus, and he said Jesus is the craziest figure in all of history because he said, "Look at how the rest of us." have have imposed our will on the world. It's always by force. He's like me, Caesar, Alexander the Great. <laughs> like it's always by force. Jesus transformed the world through love. And he's like, I don't even know how to go about doing that. Mm. I thought that was interesting coming from Napoleon. Yeah. It was in no. French, so it sounded a lot better than I just said it, but you know. <laughs> no, I can I can get on more with that though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I really, I really appreciate you saying that. That Christians do need to know the Bible. They do, What's you know? What's with that passage that says, "Bash the babies' heads against the rock"? What about kill the Canaanites, children, women, and animals? Right? Those are things people yeah. need to answer. Those are those. If if you want to believe in the Bible and you want to adhere to it, and you think it's the same God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you need to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, dude, I've I've had you on for about an hour. This went by pretty quick. I think yeah, we, could, we could do this for like ten hours, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd love to have you on again, and like, because I've seen some of your videos, and I would I would recommend for our audience to go watch your videos, because you had one that was really interesting on prophecy from the Old Testament. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, like with the uh, oh come on, Robbie. I can't remember who the people were. Tyre, right? Was it Tyre? Or you said how there was this prophecy yeah, and they were supposed to be true. flooded. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought that was really interesting. Tyre was supposed to be flooded, and it's like literally still there. Still there today, you know. exactly. Yeah. And so people need to study up on that and, and account for it. I heard your, I heard you say that, and I was like, man, I've never heard that before. Mm. Um, and so I went and I pulled. I have this apologetics book. It's called the Big Book <laughs> of Apologetics, and it was in yeah. there. They're like, yeah, people say this, but here's, and they had they had uh, an explanation. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't, oh. I'd never even heard that argument. So mm. I thought it was really good, man. But um, we do need to know that stuff. But I'd love to have you on again maybe to like propose, here's some issues with scripture or here's some issues with yeah. young earth creation. I, we, we can gang up on young earth creation together. Yeah, <laughs> we should do it. <laughs> Call out Ken Ham. <laughs> Dude, I, when I was a kid, um, I remember my mom, because I was homeschooled, right? And so, uh, uh, oh, were you? Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Well, um, we went to a Ken Ham conference. I was really little. And I remember he was talking because, you know, he's got that Australian accent, which in Arizona we didn't hear very much back then. Um, but, yeah, I remember going. I was like, yeah. You know, I was probably like seven or eight. I'm like, this makes sense. He kept saying, were you there? You don't know well, what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy knows what he's talking about. He's got an accent. Yeah, he sounds smart, right? And yeah. so I thought, man, this is good stuff. And I, I think they, they have some – Decent stuff. I don't agree with the whole premise. Um, mm. But when he when he's, you know, as I got older and he'd say, like, if you can't believe what I'm saying the first page of the Bible says, then you can't believe the whole Bible. It's like, so if I don't believe your interpretation of it, I can't be a Christian. And that's such a – it's just not true, man. Like, it's just no. not true. Because people – the older creationists I know, like um, – Hugh Ross, he's literally a scientist, and he has this uh, ministry called Reasons to Believe, and it's old Earth creationists. Um, okay. But even the the theistic evolutionists, there's like this group called Biologos, and they're theolis yeah. theistic evolutionists, and I don't agree with that. Or the Discovery Institute, and they're intelligent design, and some of them aren't even Christians, like David Berlinsky. Um, okay. They're fascinating, but but you can't say that if I don't believe that it says what you say it says, 
I can't believe in the whole book. It's like, come on, man. That's a, that's a stretch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I went to a Kinham uh, conference in Birmingham. I think it was 2012. Oh, okay. So I, I met him. I have a picture with him. I posted on Twitter actually Nice. a while back. But yeah, I got a picture with him and everything. <laughs> I didn't get to meet him, man. I just remember he has that sweet oh. Abe Lincoln beard. That's like the one that I remember from when I was a kid. I, I will say he is not a sweet person. He didn't oh, smile really? once hmm. through the entire um, lecture. I don't know if he was tired or upset. I don't yeah. know what it was. He didn't smile. Um, I went up and met him. Like I was excited to meet him because he yeah. was like a celebrity. He's still one of the only celebrities I've ever met. But mm. you know, I was like excited, smiling. The dude didn't smile once. You know, oh, man. got a picture with him. Didn't smile. Maybe it was a bad day, but I got a really bad impression from him then. <laughs> yeah, that's no good, man. That's no good yeah. at all. When, when can I ask you one last question? Uh, yeah. When did you decide to walk away from Christianity? Like, what year was it? See, it was sometime between 2014 and. It was before 2016, but okay. you know, it, there was no definitive like day or month or hardly year. You know, it was a long process of just slowly um, like, well, I can't accept this, but I can still have this. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, this doesn't work. So, you know, slowly just shaving off stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't – you can't just say I don't – I'm choosing to believe in something I don't think is real. It happens through uh, – peripheral influence in your life and studying and then you kind of find yourself <clears throat> at a place of belief i think yeah. that's how it works for everybody yeah 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 so before but, 2016 okay yeah and i still went to church though for um so like 2014 i didn't have like my traditional beliefs anymore and i was questioning a lot of stuff but i still went to church until 2016 mm, okay <clears throat> i didn't talk to many people i would talk to a few like people i looked up to like preachers and yeah. um, Christian peers. But like for the most part, I didn't tell people like most people. Sure. Um, well, that's understandable because you were mistreated when you did talk yeah. about it. So yeah I, w- yeah, I wouldn't either. Interesting. Well, dude, this has been really fun. I don't want to take up your whole yeah. night. I know it's an hour later there. It's probably dinner time and you and your wife are going to go eat something good. Because yeah, it's the so. South. You guys have good food over there. We have Mexican food. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of Mexican food here, too. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. There's there's Mexican, and then there's burgers. Okay. And, <laughs> and you're kind of close. Uh, I'm trying to remember where Alabama is. You're right next to Georgia, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Mississippi's on the other side. And then Louisiana. So Okay. So you're a little ways from the Creole. Uh, yeah. 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 There's no Cajun food around here. Oh, that's a bummer. Do you have, yeah. some, do you have good barbecue? Oh, there's great barbecue. That okay. might be one of the better things here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we're we slowly picking up our game a little, but Arizona's obviously not known for barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, actually, Christ Culture and Coffee is the only thing I know from Arizona. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to come out, we can show you around. It's a desert. There's saguaro uh, cactus. It's cool. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on the show today. And again, we want to emphasize to our listeners that this is how you do it. Like You can talk with people you disagree with, and you can be kind, and you can be courteous and gentle and respectful, even when you have major disagreements. So this is what we're supposed to do as believers. I think this is what atheists should do as well. We should go out and we should treat people um, kindly uh, and respectfully, especially if we want to be heard and make headway with our beliefs or with our arguments. So thanks so much for being with us on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.